listening to Something Weird. I'm your co-host, Anna, and this is Brooke. Hi, everyone. Here you'll find semi-regular dialogue on all things paranormal, or even just a little bit weird. We're lifelong friends who've had an affinity for the strange since we met, and now we're here to explore these phenomena with you. So we are now into our second episode of the year, um, and it's my turn to entertain you, Miss Huey. Ooh. Okay. We're going to be taking a nice jaunt back to September 1st in 1944. It's a warm, humid early autumn night in Mattoon, Illinois. It's a small east-central town. Have you heard of it? No, I have not. Neither have I. Okay. (laughs) Here we find ourselves on Grant Avenue. It's a residential area with rows of pretty homes filled with pretty families having pretty dreams. Cute. But... Not for Urban Rafe. Rafe awoke in the early hours of the morning feeling lightheaded and weak, followed by vomiting. I've been there. Big night. Big night. Mm -hmm. Rafe asked his wife to check the gas in the kitchen because it sounded like gas poisoning, which... No, it doesn't. Like, if if I woke up with all of those things, I would just be like, oh, I'm hungover. I wouldn't think about gas poisoning. No, or just like, oh, fuck, I have the flu. Yeah. I don't think I've ever automatically been like, well, better check those gas lines. Feeling a little poisoned. I guess it's different times, but okay. Different times. The 40s were uh, simpler times, really. I suppose. All right. She realized that when she got up to check the gas, she was partially paralyzed and couldn't get out of bed. So. Wait, this is the wife? Yeah. Oh, fuck. So he's feeling gnarly and super sick then she realizes she can't move and she couldn't get out of bed oh no so that's brutal yeah only a few hours later another family experienced very similar effects aileen kearney wasn't prepared for a good night's sleep that same evening because her husband was working a night shift and she had cashed a large check uh so had a bunch of money in the house She was also thinking about a newspaper article that she'd read about an escaped Nazi from a nearby prisoner of war camp in Peoria. She's feeling freaked out. It's probably kind of how you were feeling, like, when we read those Halloween stories. Yeah, fuck that. Um, I did not like any of that. Several different things just kind of added up to make it, uh, make her her feel uneasy. It's a bit scary. A bit scary. Sorry, confirm, we're still in Illinois? Yes. Ooh, and there is a Nazi on the loose in Illinois. Oh, yeah. Damn. All right. Big times for Illinois. On top of all of that, there were also numerous Prowler sightings in that area that had been reported. So just things are kind of worrisome, Mm -hmm. you could say. But her sister was staying the night with her, along with her nephew in the living room, and you got to sleep, so... Aileen took her three-year-old daughter, Dorothy, to her bedroom with her before she noticed the smell of flowers wafting into her bedroom. At first, she thought the smell was the flowers from outside her window, but soon realized that it was a pretty sickly sweet scent and that it wasn't the flowers when she lost feeling in her lower body and legs. What the fuck? She starts screaming and her sister comes in to check on her and see what the hell is going on saw that her sister was paralyzed so ran to the neighbors for help 
But the neighbors are fucking paralyzed, so <laughs> you're shit out of luck. I mean, like, what would you do? I, I don't know. I mean, in- I guess it, it depends what level of paralysis. You'd probably just text someone, but yeah, I guess. This is when Google Home or Alexa comes in handy. Seriously. Well, it's like those, I mean, you always make fun of them, but those like life alert things for like old people that fall in their house. Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> but like, what are your options in 1944? You don't even have a life alert to send a little signal. That's horrifying. Oh, yeah. No, you just scream and hope your sister comes into the room. See, what if you couldn't even scream? Ooh, if your like vocal cords were paralyzed. Remember when that happened to Nina? Uh, is that what happened? Yeah, one of her, just one of her vocal cords got paralyzed after her, um, whatever, uh, epidural. Giving birth. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's what happened? It was the epidural? Like mm-hmm. it, it, oh my gosh. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> It'd be kind of nice you could just pretend, maybe I'll just pretend that if I ever, you know, have children that my vocal cords are paralyzed and I can't talk after, you know, the baby is born because then you don't have to answer all those boring questions. And True. Until you, like, want to tell someone to shut the fuck up and then you can't. Uh, well, you then can you just, just walk, walk away. away. <laughs> It's just those friendly reminders. Like, I always think it would be nice to live, like, back in the 40s and 50s and stuff. Because I have such a, like, romanticized image of it in my head. But then these things where it's like, you're paralyzed and you're shit out of luck and there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Like, no thanks. No Simply Safe, no ring doorbells. Yeah. You're just Yeah, it's pretty, pretty bleak. Yeah. But we made it. (laughs) Miss Aline Kearney's neighbors, the Robinsons. Came on over, checked things out, but they weren't able to find anything suspect. Even when the police came, they couldn't detect anything out of the ordinary. Bert Kearney, Aline's husband, finally returned from his taxi driving shift at 12.30 in the morning. And he says that when he was driving up, he saw a tall man in dark clothing wearing a tight-fitting cap at the bedroom window. Which, my timeline might be off, I may have misread, because if the police had been around... I feel like they would have seen him. But mm-hmm. anyway, Bert reports chasing the man, but didn't catch him. Mm-hmm. Initially, everyone kind of thought burglary was the point. The money was completely untouched and left in the house, even after all of the commotion. I never even sniffed at the money. Hmm. But so, there is some guy. Yeah, there is some guy. Okay. Dark clothing, tight-fitting cap. It sounds like a... Do you watch you? Oh God, no! <laughs> I watched it no. all. <laughs> it's so bad, but it's so good. No, that is like an insult to all. What? <laughs> I almost said serial killers of the world. I no. mean, I shouldn't be concerned about that. But no, I watched maybe the first fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Mark was watching it, mm-hmm. and it was one of those shows that like made me physically mad, and I had to leave. It, that's a lot of shows for me, to be fair. Yeah. But that one, and it's also freaking Gossip Girl. You know, I know. like it's so difficult to watch him and his, his like chimp. his um like voiceover commentary is so fucking stupid. Like I'm embarrassed for him. It's so bad, but 
I blew through the first two or the two seasons that are on Netflix right now. Zach would like come into the room. Is this shit still on? It's been like three days and you've barely made a dent in it. And it's like probably the same, the same monologue, yeah. just bullshit, over and over and over. whining over and over about his fragile masculinity uh. and how he has to stalk people because he looks like, oh God. No, it just makes me <laughs> furious. I'm glad that Zach gets as annoyed as me about some of these things. But. Yeah, but at least he'll watch it with me. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, he must love you a lot. <laughs> This little prowler sounds a lot like Joe. Sick. He just puts on this stupid little, like, navy baseball cap when he's, like, going undercover. (laughs) You have the same face. You have the same shit-eating face that I want to (laughs) punch. Cool hat. Cool hat, bro. Okay, well, no, this is not him. Okay. Instead, not Joe from you... The Netflix series that should be canceled two seasons ago. Nope. But um, Fears of the Mad Gasser. The <laughs> Mad Gasser of Mattoon spread like the toxic gas he left in his wake. Oh my god. <laughs> You're a Mad Gasser. Uh, the Mad Gasser? That's what they named him? Oh, that's gold. Simpler times. Damn, that's good. For several weeks after, the Mad Gasser is said to have struck four homes in the following 48 hours, and people continue to report symptoms of exposure to poisonous gas, including nausea, uh-huh. weakness, vomiting, paralysis, lightheadedness, and even spitting up blood. Ew! Each person described a sickly sweet smell, something like a, quote, sweet, cheap perfume before feeling the effects. Huh. September 5th, four days after the initial gassings, came the first real clues to the mad gasser actually existing. (laughs) Carl and Beulah Cords came home to find a white cloth on their porch, and when Mrs. Cords lifted the cloth to smell it... Why would you do that? If you find a cloth on your porch, like, the last thing I'm going to do is sniff it. Just put it in my face and take a whiff. (laughs) Give it a nice inhale. That's fucking gross. Like, I get it if you, you know, you want to smell something bad that you know what it is. Like, you're like, ooh, look at these. What? Like, you want to smell your own farts? What are you saying? No, I get it. Sometimes I just take a whiff of my own fart. No, if you, like, you know, come across, like, a dead animal and you're like, oh, I know this is going to smell, but you need to smell it. No. Or, like, leftovers that you forgot about somewhere in your car, no? No. But, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me yeah, either. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's weird. Uh, anyway, Mrs. Cords, total freak. <laughs> she immediately felt nauseated and lightheaded after sniffing the cloth before nearly fainting. Almost immediately, her face and lips began to swell and bleed, which lasted almost two hours. Oh, um, fuck. The police came to investigate, taking the cloth as evidence, and when searching the property, they also found a skeleton key and an empty tube of lipstick on the porch. What exactly did these items convey? It has yet to be known. Oh, damn. (laughs) I was excited. No one knows. Okay. 
Sorry. That same night, the gasser attacked again, and as always, residents reported seeing glimpses of a tall, thin man in dark clothing and a tight black cap. The police were frenzied in trying to find the attacker, even inviting two FBI agents to assist, but panic had spread. People were not too happy about having a mad gasser running around town. Citizens took up arms. They started organizing watches and patrols to prevent attacks. Kind of like the Facebook neighborhood pages of that time. Mm -hmm. Whatever happened in Neighborhood Watch? I guess that's ring doorbells. Well, isn't there... um there is a, a neighborhood, like, forum. I forget what it's called. It's like a forum for your specific neighborhood. There's Next Door. Oh, Next Door. That's it. That's what I'm thinking. But of. I mean, like, actual people on the ground getting out there. Yeah, or like having your weekly meetings. A local citizen's vigilance group arrested one suspect, but he was able to pass a polygraph test and was released. Huh. So they're catching people. The wrong people, but um, even still, the attacks continued, but even more frequently than before. The Times, along with hordes of other publishers, wrote stories on the gasser, and the Times waxed poetic. He moves through the night as nimbly and secretly as a cat, squirting a Swedish gas through bedroom windows. (laughs) End quote. Uh, Yeah, I really don't like that. I like the start of it, but I don't like squirting Swedish gas. It's not good. It's not... Why is it Swedish? Like, sweet-ish. Oh, sweet-ish. All right, way to call the Swedes out. Mrs. Violet Driscoll and her daughter Ramona awoke in the late evening to someone removing the storm sash on their bedroom window. They went to run for help, but the fumes overtook them. That same night, the gassers struck the home of Mrs. Russell Bailey and Mrs. Genevieve Haskell and their children. Next was Miss Frances Smith, the principal of Columbian Grade School, and her sister Maxine, who began choking and awoke to partial paralysis, describing a thin blue vapor filling the room. Jesus. The police, FBI, and armed citizens were on high alert, but they still hadn't nailed down their perpetrator, and soon the authorities started becoming suspect of the reports, even of the mad gasser in his entirety. On September 11th, several attacks were reported, but they were all dismissed as false alarms. Newspapers began to approach the gasser with skepticism, and the police dismissed reports and blamed attacks on overactive imaginations. Okay. Uh, What the fuck? (laughs) Pretty quick turnaround there. Well, aren't they, like, seeing these people medically and seeing that they're fucking paralyzed? But they're not able to find anyone, so you can only imagine, like... They're probably getting a little bit embarrassed because yeah. of their shoddy police work or inability to catch this one lone gasser. Yeah. You can kind of see how that would... You can kind of imagine that happening now, though, too. Like, blame mm-hmm. it on the... Yeah. Just like, oh, it's mass hysteria. This isn't a legitimate threat or whatever. Yep. And it's interesting you use the term mass hysteria... Um, and because that definitely comes into play as our story continues. Victims were no longer victims, um, but instead storytellers and attention whores. The Mattoon police chief issued the final statement on the gas attacks on September 12th, reporting that large quantities of carbon tetrachloride gas was used at the local Atlas Diesel Engine Company, which is what he reports caused the paralysis and illness. He says, really, the whole case was a, quote, 
mistake from beginning to end. That's just a lot of stories to dismiss. Who am I? I'm not the police chief. Yeah. Of course, stories would appear pointing fingers at the women of Mattoon concocting the gasser as a cry for attention during wartime paranoia. Oh my god. Yeah. Always have a... (laughs) Wait. Are you talking about the people who... (laughs) Yeah. Not the women. The people who are saying that it's just women being fucking stupid. I was like, all right. <laughs> uh, we're on two different sides of the coin Classic here. Classic women just making shit up. Those Trying crazy, to get attention. hysterical women. Oh, Lord. It's kind of a trend. The last gaster attack happened one day later after police chief comes out and says that, uh, you know, it was just from diesel engine company. Um this was Mrs. Mrs. Bertha Bench and her son Orville, and they described their attacker as a woman dressed in men's clothing, spraying gas through their bedroom window. Oh fuck! They also said they found footprints of a woman's high-heeled shoes below the window the next morning. Oh, I like that she's still rocking heels. It's the forties. Yeah. That though was the last of the Mad Gasser, and the mystery is still abound. No one, no one knows what's nothing to this day. What? Not wild. That's that's a lot of people too who had so many people experiences. I'm not questioning them by any means. Like (laughs) yeah, they got fucking (laughs) That's insane. We are going to now look at some of the theories of what people suspect. Um, the Mad Gasser to be or who it was. One is our government. What if the Gasser had been a government agent? To do what? Testing military gas on a small Midwestern town. Uh, Yeah, I guess it is wartime. All right. And could it be when, like, media attention caught on fairly quickly, uh, the authorities forced it down, uh, like, or forced total denial, and the attacks stopped because of that? Okay. Okay. We could be looking at a case of mental illness wreaking havoc on the community. So a writer on American Hauntings nods to a letter he received in 2002 from a woman whose father grew up in Mattoon during the Gasser's attacks. She told him that there were two sisters who lived in Mattoon with a brother who was reportedly insane. And... The sisters locked him in the basement after he started gassing people because they couldn't find an institution for him. Well, that seems plausible. I mean, plenty of options here. Okay. We could also blame it on good old revenge. Scott Maruna is a high school chemistry teacher and the author of The Mad Gasser of Mattoon. And he claims that Farley Elwin was the town outcast and son of a grocery store owner, and that he was the one who was responsible. So Maruna, Maruna wrote that Elwin had been ostracized for being gay, mm. and that he wanted revenge for being so ostracized. He was the family genius, always with quote his nose buried in books, unquote, at his family's grocery store. He drank a lot, kept a secret lab, and experimented with chemicals, even sending the neighborhood shuddering 
after an explosion in his lab. Shit. Elwyn was tall and thin, which matches the description of the man thought to be seen outside the Kearney household and beyond. Uh-huh. Um, he also graduated from the University of Illinois with a chemistry degree. Okay. Maruna says, Farley, the obvious chemical genius behind the gases synthesis, was the real gasser. In a fit brought on by mental instability and years of pent-up rage against a town that would not and could not accept him, Farley tinkered and toyed with various organic solvents in an attempt to create for a suitable weapon. Hmm. He continues, Most of the town was convinced that Farley was losing his mind because the town gossip mill equated his sexual preference with, quote, diminishing sanity. Oh my god. Another reason to not live in the 40s. Jesus. Yeah. Again, um, intolerance and ignorance. Mm -hmm. That's a potential story. Wow. Maybe Elwyn was just so sick of these assholes. You can kind of see, like, he's a smart guy. Yeah. Fuck him. Gas him. Yeah. That would make such a great movie. Like, that's such a great plot. I would like to see that. It's like a PG version of Zodiac. Yeah. <laughs> but I would really enjoy that. I mean, there's so Paralysis, much... Paralysis, coughing up blood. And there's so much going on, like, culturally speaking and historically. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... Yeah, that's a good story. I'm into it. Yeah. Another theory about the Mad Gasser is, well... It's come up a couple times already, but mass hysteria. Classic. Classic mass hysteria. You know the one. Mm-hmm. Being a woman and all. Donald Johnson, a student from the University of Illinois, visited Mattoon weeks after the attack and published a study of the case in the Journal of Abnormal and Social Psychology. He wrote that the gasser might have just been a, quote, shadowy manifestation of some unimaginable unknown. This research has been cited as a classic study of mass hysteria throughout the following years. Reasoning behind this is in 1944, World War II was winding down, mm-hmm. and many Americans suspected that the enemy might use a final straw secret weapon, potentially could be poison gas on civilians. The war had caused, obviously, chaos and emotional distress and fear, and the fear of poison gas weapons was probably, like, at an all-time high. Robert Bartholomew, history teacher at Botany Downs Secondary College in New Zealand, has written in-depth for scholarly journals on mass hysteria. In his journal, he wrote, Their sons came home with injuries and burns from chemical warfare that heightened their fear it was based in reality. I mean, they were seeing some pretty awful firsthand experiences with chemical warfare. So I can see why that would be particularly top of mind. Like, right now, it doesn't seem like something to be concerned about, but who knows? For now. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. So they're saying, like, because of the exposure to what's happening, you know, in other parts of the world during the war, these women primarily are just creating that reality i guess so it's like in your jam of an episode dance till you're dead in mass hysteria situations like physically these things happen that there's really no explanation for right they might have even 
had these physical reactions and symptoms and they thought it was from something, but Mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't. So you can't argue, no, there were these physical reactions. We saw these things that happened to these people, not arguing that, but were they caused by imagination or reality? Right. So they're like so concerned about what's happening abroad. They're having that, like, what do you call it? Somatic symptoms? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, I mean that. I can see the the logic in there. I don't know. That's a lot of people and some really severe, really severe symptoms, though. I know, but think about dancing for weeks. Well, yeah, that shit's crazy, too. I hear your uh, disinterest in that theory, and I don't like it either. It does seem like it happened to a number of people, but it didn't happen to, like, Everyone in the town. And what if there's some crazy motherfucker that was gassing these people? Like, you're just kind of letting him off the hook. Or or her. Whatever. Yeah, they're just getting, like, let off the hook when they were torturing people. I don't know. I feel like it's a cop-out. We're on the same page there. You can see how that could be something. But it's also, it was a very short period of time. The police probably felt stupid because they couldn't find anyone. I mean, there are a lot of reasons that you can see it being a cover-up, just as many, if not more, um, that point to you know, a mass hysteria situation. Sure. In the September 11th edition of the Charleston newspaper, a United Press story quoted Wright using the term mass hysteria for the first time. There's more than one madman in Mattoon. There's 15,000 of them. What we've got here is mass hysteria. So, Mr. Police Chief, we're going back to your diesel theory. So, in response to the police commissioner's claim um, that it was Atlas Diesel causing the health problems, Atlas Mm -hmm. Imperial, who owns Atlas Diesel, released a statement saying, Hell no. Like, you can't just put that on us. That's also, like, (laughs) that's a really big claim. Yeah. That's, like, a game over for them if that's the case. Yeah, and it's just really shitty. There was no information to back that up, no evidence. Sounds mm-hmm. like they were pretty annoyed, and they said, actually, their facility only had five gallons of tetrachloride in stock, and that was in firefighting equipment. On top of that, it would take significant more quantities of the chemical to make that many people in the town sick, and that the workers mm-hmm. then would have experienced effects long before anyone else. Right. Fucking pretty good arguments. Um, Blame it on the gas company. Yeah. The president of Atlas Imperial is just like rolling his eyes. Just a little final note on that. At the time of the gassing, the plant had also been certified as safe by the State Department of Health. On top of all of that, there's also the big safe sticker right on their door. So Yeah. Can you imagine? I wonder if they got like, I wonder if anyone like got sued for that. I don't know. This like was the for, 40s. You, oh, yeah. But you know, big oil would just have a heyday now. Oh my gosh, they would get so much, so much money. That's ridiculous. Although they usually are responsible for horrible tragedies. I'm not I don't know about um, defending, this one. I'm not defending oil. No. Have you seen those Dawn commercials? They make me cry every time I see I them. Oh no. Poor little ducks. Let's tackle our last theory, my favorite, of course, and that would be the extraterrestrial theory. Of course. Gotta be, you know, you gotta tie it back. 
Could he have been some sort of extraterrestrial visitor using some sort of paralyzing agent to further a hidden agenda? Ooh. Perhaps. Just just testing things out. Lauren Coleman, so he's the renowned cryptozoologist, and he really helped catapult the Mad Gasser into the paranormal world after including the attacks in his book, Mysterious America. So it wasn't necessarily tied to the paranormal world prior to that, but he definitely made those ties. So thanks, Lauren. Good man. Always got to tie it into aliens. Got that red tape going all across the country. To kind of wrap up all of those theories as a whole, there isn't just one mad gasser, it turns out. There are two others, just as sneaky, who struck in Virginia and Florida over 10 years before the attacks in Mattoon. Um, And they haven't been caught either. Well, then could it be the same person? Totally. Well, have we looked into that? Like, what the fuck? A bit. What? So, that seems like a really big thing to just... Okay. Again, it would have been in the 30s and then the 40s, and mm-hmm. and there weren't as many. One last rude-ass note from Bartholomew, our Kiwi botanist. Okay. Anyone who carefully examines all of the evidence and still thinks there was a real gasser is living in fantasy land. The evidence for mass hysteria is overwhelming. It is a textbook case. The mad gasser outbreak was a media creation from start to finish and has nothing whatsoever to do with the paranormal. Okay. All right, Bartholomew. Cool. Thanks for the imagination. Yeah, right? Bartholomew calls the Mad Gasser case, quote, fascinating and said that anyone believing that the phenomenon could not happen again should think again. I wouldn't be surprised if it were to happen again. I'd be surprised if it did not happen again, he says. We have a lot more environmental concerns now. So he took it all the way back to global warming. (laughs) God, what the fuck? I mean, yes, you have a point, but, like, come on. Like, it's a good point. They're actually all good points, but I don't like this guy. He annoys me. I don't like him. No, he sounds like a dick. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, I don't, like, I am finding myself feeling strongly against um, this fucking Bartholomew guy, but I don't, I don't know what theory I agree with, necessarily. I just think it, it was someone. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it was the what's-his-name that was getting revenge on a shitty town that treated him like shit. Like, maybe. Or it was yeah. a network of people. I don't know. Maybe it was some, like, KKK shit. Who knows? Oof. No, but they were going after white people. Um, it feels like it's not that weird. It's weird. No. But it's not that weird weird i don't know i just see someone doing it and then like not even batting an eye yeah without sounding creepy it's a pretty good good idea idea. yeah like it's it's a good idea so yeah let's loop this all the way back to midsummer i that i that image came up and i didn't want it to yeah it's not great if anyone got their evil brain onto this, they could do a lot of damage. Yeah, it's effective. Certainly. Oh, God. Now I just have that scene in my head. On that note... That's pretty much it. Mad gassers. 
Wow. That's so interesting. What a crazy story. And I've never heard of this. Like, am I living under a rock? Perhaps. Right. I don't know. I also feel like it's kind of like you would hear about that more. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. It's really fascinating. I don't know. I, I'm not getting the feeling that this is something like strange or paranormal or anything going on, but just a bad person. Who managed to get away with it a lot. No one to stop, I guess. Yeah. Now you've met the Mad Gasser. So happy to have met the Mad Gasser. Even happier that the name is Mad Gasser. What do you guys think? What's your favorite theory about yield Mad Gasser? Do you think it's a paranormal guest? A case of mass hysteria? Or just someone trying to take matters into their own hands? Let us know. And if you have any other stories you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear it. Every chilly detail, whether it's paranormal, spooky, or just a little bit weird, we like that too. So send them our way. We like to share them or get inspired by them. And if you enjoyed any bit or all of our podcasts, please let us know with a big five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It makes a big difference and helps us get the truth out there. Well, friends, it's 2020. There's some stuff going on in the world, and all I can say is I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad that you're listening. A little spot of light in some interesting times. We'll be back next week. We'll get back into our usual thing. Maybe try to be on time more for the new year. Yeah. We feel like it. We'll see. Thank you for listening, and until next time, stay weirdy. Woo!